0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, we're brought to you by SoBad. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash sgpn. That's s-o-b-e-t tio slash sgpn. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app because it's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps.
1: Hello, Degenerinos and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 108. There was a bit of debate. Hey, that rhymes. That's a good start. A uh, bit of debate, but I think we've decided that it is episode number 108. Thank you for coming to this here show, the show where we talk about people punching and kicking each other and how to make money on it. I will be your host. the blonde fighter jeff fox even though i'm neither blonde nor a fighter but that is my nickname because i stole it because i am a like the fox and dora i am swiper and i swipe things anyhow this isn't the dora the explorer podcast like i said this is a punching and kicking and choking people podcast um i guess i have to dedicate it to someone um let's dedicate it to America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Even though no one likes the Cowboys, I don't know why they're called America's team no one likes Cowboys except my associate co-host. So we'll dedicate it to the Cowboys on his behalf since they are playing this afternoon. Or actually, they probably already lost by the time you're, you're listening to this. But anyhow, this goes out to the Cowboys. Um, let's bring in my associate co-host who started off the new year right last night by getting beat by me in every aspect of. Picking the fights, uh, that would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland.
0: all right, so two two questions first of all, I, I yes. know I, I know I lost you you I believe you had one more right pick than me, correct
1: yes, correct
0: yeah we, it, we were pretty mediocre six six and four and five and five by my count, um, which is what we promised. We promised uh, mediocreness, and we don't want to give you anything new in the new year, uh, so we we continued that now second question is are the bosses going to cut this episode for you dedicating it to the Cowboys?
1: Um. Yes. They're what? Well, Giants aren't playing, so uh, no. Eagles, but, but that, that doesn't mean they, that doesn't
0: mean just just because they're in the playoffs doesn't mean they like you dedicating something to the Cowboys. That's I mean, true. I can't. Yeah. If you dedicated it to the Eagles, I'd I'd be pretty bummed too.
1: And it's all the same division, too, isn't it?
0: Yeah. All three of them. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yes. Um. No, I I don't think they listen to us to tell you. To tell you <laughs> so I, I think we can get away with whatever we want uh, in this here space. Unfortunately, the boss, Sean Green, did listen to us when he was, um, he appeared on the UFC, what's that show called?
0: On the Line.
1: On the Line, which is a gambling-centric show on, I guess, what, UFC Fight Pass, I guess it would air on. Um, and he, he took our advice and some picks, and unfortunately most of them were, were Dan's idea, and the picks didn't come through. So he shouldn't have listened to us.
0: Yeah, we, we uh although on our recommended bets I think we went it uh, combined three and three. You went two and one and I went one and two. Uh and I hit my biggest uh the the worst odds one too.
1: Listen to this guy. Spin, 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 eh? It's all about spinning. <laughs> all of a sudden you're you're taking my uh, right picks and you're adding them to yours and saying hey we we did good didn't we well
0: well how so if we just look at the recommended plays uh, how much did you walk away with cuz i think we both lost money on those i was trying to do mental math just as i was looking at what i had written down but i i have a feeling you didn't win by that much did you even though you had an extra uh, pick right
1: uh no, I didn't win by win by too much. Um, to put it frankly, we we both lost, but I won on my recommended place. But we'll we'll go through all of that um soon enough because we have to talk about UFC on ESPN Qatar or Cater, It should be Qatar. He should be named after the the country versus Cicchese, uh aka UFC Vegas forty six. Surprisingly, we didn't lose any fights after after all that uh hullabaloo leading up to it, and us recording, thinking that all the fights we break down would be gone. We didn't lose anything.
0: Yeah, that was it. Uh, quite odd. And Jake Collier versus Chase Sherman did wind up being the co-main event.
1: So I guess they must have known that would have been that that, that was going to be one of the only uh, finishes of the night. Maybe maybe they uh, they looked in the crystal ball and they knew that.
0: Yeah, maybe, or maybe they just really love fat guys in co-main event slots because that's always what they put there.
1: Yep, it's true, it's true, and the fattest of the fat guys came through. So, um, yeah, a lot of decisions. Maybe not the most exciting card to kick off the new year. Eight out of the ten fights went the distance. Um, so some good fights, but I like finishes, Dan. I don't like having to watch 15-minute slogs for every fight except a couple.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. That uh, there There were... There were some really good ones. There were some, like, I would say some lackluster ones and some kind of upsetting ones. But, like, like I didn't enjoy watching Court McGee Ramiz-Brahimai, even though uh, it, it wasn't just me losing that pick. But it was also, like, that is just, you know, emphatically not a fun fight to watch.
1: Yeah, what, the only thing worse than watching a 15-minute fight is watching a 15-minute fight where you're clearly going to lose your bad eye <laughs> yeah. and, and it's and it's just getting worse and worse as as each round progresses because yeah
0: that's... one one key piece of analysis was just un- fundamentally flawed and now you have to just watch it be fundamentally flawed for 14 minutes
1: <laughs> yes sorry. yes siri all right well let's uh let's jump right into it first i want to tell you about uh some Awesome sponsors and a guy named Shaq. Let's tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona. Arizona. I've started already. We just started the podcast and I already can't say easy words like Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play, exclusive rewards right at your fingertips, getting in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, Winbet has a brand new bonus. Bet five bucks, win four hundred dollars in free bets. Plus, that Shaq guy, you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA. Bet 20 bucks on WinBet's Build your own bet feature and earn a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, and five thousand dollars free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook and a 5000 dollars travel credit. They got great promos. Odds and payouts are happening right now over at Winbet. For Booster parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit Wynnbet.com. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are finally here, and PropSwappers are cashing in. Like Steve from Tennessee, who last week sold his $250 100 to 1 Patriots Super Bowl ticket for $2,500 in ProSwap. That was a smart move <laughs> because that ticket is worthless now. Steve locked in his profit when he turned his $250 bet into $2,500. The buyer got great odds, but they didn't come through, did they? And the seller made 10 times his bet. ProSwap has thousands of buyers across the country so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free ProSwap app today. ProSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash. cash. See, another easy word, and I butchered it, cash match. Use promo code SGP. On your first deposit, and prop swap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on a prop swap where America buys and sells sports bets, where you can buy tickets for America's team to win the Super Bowl, probably, too. And Dan says it's going to happen, even though, like I said, by the time you hear this, that dream may be over.
0: I hope it's not over yet. I'm like, they, they, <laughs> they should get by the Niners.
1: It's a home game, too?
0: It's a home game, yeah. You'd think, but yeah. what do I know? Yeah. Is Steve
1: Young Steve Young playing or is it uh that other guy? It's uh
0: it's it's uh, about ten quarterbacks after Steve Young. <laughs> oh, okay. So
1: I'm a little behind. All right, fine. I'm a little behind. Um I'm not behind in my segues because I am I'm not behind in our picks for the year 'cause we Dan and I only differed on one fight uh last night and lo and behold, I hit it. What a surprise. Um and yeah, I went six and four down. Went five and five on our picks. I lost a little under hundred bucks. He lost two hundred and seventy. Ha ha ha! So betting hundred bucks in every fight is not a way to make money. If at least if you follow our picks, so let's figure out and decipher where we went wrong. We went wrong in the main event, that's for sure. Calvin Cater did not look any worse for the wear from uh, his beatdown at the hands of Max Holloway because he did the exact same thing to. Giga Chikazi, 50 45, 50 45, 50 44. I, I wasn't totally sold on Chikazi coming into this fight, and I definitely am not totally sold on him now because he um, came off looking very one dimensional and got picked apart by um, Calvin Cater.
0: Yeah, I think for me, the thing is, a lot of people are talking about how Cater must have just have much better striking than Giga and Giga's leagues behind, right? Because Max absolutely put it on Cater. Now Cater put it on Giga. So Giga must be way down there. But I actually think Giga's striking is just as good as Calvin Cater's. I think the difference maker here was not that he's just like some sort of innately better boxer. It was the pressure. I I think he wilted under pressure. Um. Kevin Cater, like, turned it up to 10. He was in Giga's face the entire fight. Uh, He, like, pushed forward. He he did everything he was supposed to and everything that we now know Giga might have issues with, right? Like, the commentators said it right in the beginning. They said what he needs to do is put Giga on his back leg so that Giga can't throw those kicks constantly. And Giga did pretty much for the first round still try to throw them. They weren't as effective, and then he started getting tagged, and I think he also started getting tired. That was like a pace he wasn't ready for, especially in a five-round fight. So, uh, you know, props to Calvin Cater for going in with, like, the best game plan ever. I also wonder, if he had tried to pressure Max Holloway like that, what would have happened? Not that I think he would have beat him, but I think it would have been closer.
1: Yeah, and it was good to see that he looked no worse for the wear, like I said, from the horrific beat down he took in his last fight. His face is mangled, but that's that's what happens when you're a fighter. Um yeah, he definitely definitely uh put a pace on Giga that he could not uh he could not keep up. Plus obviously he, he tired him out plus the beating he was taking uh tired him out as well. Yeah, but it was um we did not see him um winning this fight via striking. So we definitely whiffed on that. Um yeah, is this a just a a prospect loss for Cicchese,
0: or or is this something deeper? I think it's mostly just a prospect loss. Cause like let's be real. So he he won quite a few fights leading up to this to get him to this point, including beating Edson Barboza. Um it, so like it's not like he can't beat top level guys, but this is also the first of those fighters who put that kind of pace on him, right? Um, nobody else was trying to be in his face all the time. You know, there were people who tried to wrestle him. There were people who, you know, like Edson Barboza tried to even pick him apart from out distance because he thought he could outstrike him. So this was the first person who pushed him like that. I think Giga now learns that he's got to find a way to deal with that. And luckily he's got a coach, uh, Rafael Cordero, who is very good at helping his fighters with stuff like that. Like he's an excellent striking coach. So, he's in the right place to learn stuff like that, and he's in the right place to fix that problem. Um, And so hopefully, yeah, it's just a prospect loss. But otherwise, I mean, like, if it's not just a prospect loss, it's because Calvin Cater just laid down the blueprint for a whole bunch of other people to follow. But I I happen to think he'll probably figure it out from here.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, what's stopping another fighter from just fighting the same way? But I guess... You uh, every every fighter doesn't have the same gas tank and toughness as uh, Calvin Cater does. So.
0: Well, well and, and not just uh, gas tank and toughness, mm-hmm. too. Like, I, I also think striking prowess. Like, he, he – there, there are some gifts out there. Uh, I retweeted a couple of them this morning if you want to check it out on Twitter because I can't remember the name of the account that showed him. But, like, his head movement was also incredible last night. So it's, it's both – first of all, I think the threat of the takedown worried Giga a little bit pushing forward the cardio and also having slick boxing. So I think some of what prevented or would prevent somebody else from just following the Calvin Cater blueprint is there's probably only one or two guys, maybe one, two, three guys in the UFC featherweight division who have those tools to do that, right? Like Max Holloway could do that a hundred percent. I'm now less interested in seeing Max versus Giga because Max would just pressure the fuck out of him. Um, it, and, like, maybe else, somebody else like uh, Yaya Rodriguez or something like that. But, like, there aren't very many people who could follow that game plan against Giga because it both takes amazing cardio, good pressure, the threat of a takedown, and good head movement. And Calvin Cater just happened to show all of that last night.
1: He certainly did. So that's where we messed up, I guess, Dan. Oh, actually, we messed up uh, Chikese. Didn't look as good as we hoped. Very one-dimensional, wasn't even throwing kicks, uh, let alone uh, doing any grappling whatsoever, other than he was pretty good at fending off takedowns. And Cater looked way better than we expected. And I guess a year year off from from getting beat up as bad as he did, uh, did him well.
0: Yeah, I I think both, if you're looking to pinpoint what went wrong, I, I would say both him figuring out what went wrong in the max fight and taking a year to process that and work on that was smart. Um, And there's pretty much no way you can assume that somebody will make gains like that and will fix those things. Um, So, yeah, I I think, you know, sort of a unexpected turn there from Calvin Cater, but an exciting one because now there's tons of good matchups for him in this division.
1: Yeah, especially a fighter, what, 33 years old and, what, 20, that was his 28th pro fight. You don't usually see a whole bunch of changes um, from from a guy that, that deep into his career, but obviously we did. So you're saying a lot of good matchups for him. I think this clears up the the immediate title contender picture a bit, which is good because it's getting a little jammed up now because we have Korean Zombie jumping the line. He's next in uh, – next one to get to get a crack at Alexander Volkanovsky in a couple of months. And then you would think Max Holloway is next since he was supposed to be fighting for the belt next. So that kind of clear that probably has uh, Alexander Volkanovsky um, tied up for the rest of the year or, or very close to it. So at least this uh Giga winning would have thrown a uh, bit of a wrench into those plans because he would have been uh, in, or at least thinking he, he was in line for an immediate title shot. So, all right. Going back to Cater, what's, uh, what could be next for him? You said there's lots of exciting matchups. What do you want yeah, to see next?
0: Yeah, I think personally I would like to see him with Yair Rodriguez. Um uh, works. I, I think that that one makes the most sense. Um, clearly, you know, he, he fought a little bit down in the division for this one. If you look at the official UFC rankings, he was five, Giga was eight. Um you know he he fought back a little bit and he did that because he took a really tough loss to the clear number one fighter in the division. So sometimes you got to build yourself up a bit. But looking this good, you you have to imagine it probably propels him a little bit forward, even if he doesn't actually move up in the rankings at all. I, I think like he should fight somebody if not Yeah Year maybe maybe even uh, Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega would be a fun fight too. Um, especially because, like, I don't know how Ortega's grappling or wrestling would work against Cater, who does have surprisingly a pretty good wrestling base and a pretty good takedown defense. Um, So that would be a fun one, too. I mean, obviously you've got names like Josh Emmett and Arnold Allen there, too, who are, you know, nipping at the heels of that top five, but I think he deserves the fight ahead. So I'd probably go with Yair being my first pick, and then uh, Brian Ortega is a, a decent backup plan as well.
1: Yeah, both of them work for me. Sound fun. They both could uh, definitely headline a fight night card like we had last night. And who are you giving Giga next? Maybe a much-needed step back?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, much-needed step much back. not much-needed, but... Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to say that, right? Because, like, he is 7-1 in the UFC and just lost to a guy who's in the top five. So, you know, maybe not a much-needed step back. But, yeah, somebody like, uh, somebody maybe, like... Bryce Mitchell, if Bryce Mitchell gets by Edson Barboza, would be a good pick for him. Um, that's that's a guy who is going to test his takedown defense again and see if it's still there, and probably he's not going to have all that much trouble with on the feet. Um, you could also put him with somebody – man, some of these names at the bottom are, of this division are kind of hard to deal with, but uh, maybe somebody along the lines of, I don't know, Sadiq Youssef kind of makes sense. Um, he's kind of not gonna threaten too too much on the feed either. Like that, that'd be a decent pick. So somebody like that, somebody in the like ten to twelve range, uh, makes sense for for Giga. And it's a little bit of a step back, but not much. Even Dan Ige wouldn't be bad.
1: Yep, they all they all make sense for sure. Um, all right, so that was our main event that we whiffed on, and for some reason the the big boys were in the co-main event, Jake Collier. <laughs> submitted as everyone predicted um actually not one not one person uh on the pickem contest they run on uh, my mma site, mma-manifesto.com site not one person picked Jake Collier to win via submission and uh, over chase sherman but that's what he did took him 226 um i, I don't i don't know is is there really any breakdown um worth is there any worthwhile breakdown on this on this fight i got it right you got it wrong dan uh, like, I don't even want to – can we even break down how you got – why you got it wrong? It's kind of a toss-up, and it just kind of happened, and it doesn't really matter either way. Well,
0: I, I mean, I can give you a little bit of how it happened. Like, sure. I, I thought I thought Chase Sherman was a better and faster striker. I still think Chase Sherman is a better and faster striker. And for some reason, Chase Sherman decided to get in a clinch and just fall down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then once he was on the ground, he was trying to get tapped out. Like, if you look when when Jake Collier started reaching in for that rear naked choke, his, like, chin comes up, and he doesn't fight either of the hands. He doesn't try to get out from underneath him. And granted, it's probably hard, dude. That dude weighs a big 265. Um, It just looked like he wanted out. And, uh, I mean, that moves Chase Sherman to, like, what, like – fucking one in seven in his last eight or something like that. Last eight UFC fights. He's one in three during this run. I like, you you got to imagine that's the end for, for Chase Sherman.
1: You'd think this, uh, he's already been cut once. Um, Yeah. You'd think he would get cut. cut His only,
0: his only win is against a light heavyweight who fought him on short notice at heavyweight too. So like, I, I mean like you can't possibly think that there's anything left of this guy.
1: But they thought he was good enough to co-main event. So who are we to say? But they've they've uh, cut people after uh, after being in the main event. So there's no really no no rhyme or reason for that. But yeah, who cares? It happened. I got it right. That, that part of it I care, but who cares about the rest? Um, and we actually Dan unwisely predicted. Uh, told the boss that this fight was going to go the distance. And I thought
0: oh. I, I thought it would because because here's the other thing if that does stay on the feet I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna vouch for this pick over and over again if uh, that fight go. if that fight stays on the feet neither of those two guys is finishing the other one right like they, they weren't even close to like knocking the other one out boxing wise they they look like crap on the feet who yeah. would have predicted that that fight would have ended by submission. Show me that person, I'll laugh in their face, and congratulate them for the luckiest pick in history.
1: Yeah, like I said, nobody. Uh, there's 60-plus people entered the pick 'em contest, and not one person picked uh, it via submission. People pretty much pick everything possible, too. So you're right. No one would predict that. So fine. We'll, we'll, we'll let you off the hook again. Um, <laughs> then we go from the biggest boys to the smallest boys, flyweight. Brandon Waval won via split decision over Rogerio Bontarin, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. I thought we had lost this one. I, I didn't think Rival had won, but I see on MMA decisions, uh, most people think Rival won the fight, which I guess I wasn't paying super attention uh, to it or enough attention to it to uh, to score it. Uh, neither was Douglas Crosby, who picked Bontorin to, uh, to win. He was the lone Judge who picked him to win. When I heard his score read right out, I'm like, oh, okay, we won. If uh, if Douglas Crosby's on the other side of the of the aisle, then that means we we definitely won the fight because the other two judges are not going to agree with him.
0: Yeah, you, you could say that, but we also got Chris Lee on our side on that one too. That that was a uh, a hell of a judging crew on there. You get Douglas Crosby and Chris Lee in the same uh, on the same fight, but no, I I do think that was the right call. I, I scored the first round for Roy Ball. Um, you know, like the only reason you could score that that first round for Bonterrein was because he like literally held him down for a minute, but like didn't throw a single strike. Like he just like weirdly clinched Royval's body uh, while he was not. You know, not really trying to do anything, which is a really weird move and with all of the threatening Roy Vall did with submissions and on his feet, like yeah, that, that first round was clear Roy Vall for me. I was a little bit worried that the judges wouldn't score it that way. Um so I'm glad they they got it right. Also, can we talk about the fact that, that Rogerio Bonterre tapped out? He tapped out in that fight. He he lost that fight by submission. Um not not by decision. He tapped in the third round.
1: <laughs> when was that? I didn't see him tapping out. He did tap out? For yeah, real?
0: For for real. Go back and watch it. Uh it, it happens Royval throws up an armbar. He literally reaches up taps uh Royval's leg once, moves it back to tap again, and then realizes he's slipping out and decides uh just kidding. I didn't actually tap out. The ref completely misses it. Um like I- I'm 100% sure he tapped out. Um the Brazilian tap. The the yeah the old one tap Brazilian yeah. tap yeah uh just like uh Henan Ferreira in in PFL recently so um yeah it's it, I mean I'm I'm like glad to see Vall back on that right side because that dude is first of all just so fucking exciting to watch right like he he's such a joy to watch somebody compared him I, I don't mean to keep like stealing people's tweets here and and not ever remembering who said them, but that's kind of how I interact with Twitter. He kind of reminds me of, like, early career Tony Ferguson. Like, he crazy good submissions, doesn't mind necessarily being put on his back because he threatens from there. I think we saw, like, a couple of decent go-go plata attempts during that fight. Um, Yeah, like, he... He was everything we needed him to be in that fight. Uh, very exciting win for him, and it's it's just good to see. Like I said, good to see him back on the right track because he's so exciting. He's such a promising prospect, um, and I I want to see him fight again. I, w- I watch him fight every weekend for Christ's sakes. Is he
1: challenging your? Uh, is he a challenge to you as King of the Gogo Go Plata, though, Dan?
0: Oh, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> really? He, I would say this, so, I, I'm over 200 pounds, I'm definitely more flexible than him, because I kept seeing him go to pull that leg over the shoulder, and he just, like, couldn't couldn't just, you know, yank his leg in that way, uh, which is, like, it's really hard to pull off an plotter or a plotter if you don't have, like, incredibly flexible knees and hip flexors, Um, which is, I think, is ultimately probably why it failed uh, in that attempt, but... Uh yeah no he's he's fucking really good off his back though so impressive i will just say impressive attempts all around
1: and it was good yeah good to, like you said good to see him get a win after dropping two straight cuz we don't want him to get cut that's for sure so and um should be noted that uh Bonterin made weight somehow even though he's He's so, he so big. He
0: looks so big. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know how he does it, but he he did it. He he couldn't even make weight for um for bantamweight last fight, but somehow he made weight for flyweight. So how how he did it we don't know, but uh we're glad he lost because we had at uh, we had Roybal at minus 176. Um, we're also glad that we're sponsored by Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free to play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player props, pools, and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win some awesome prizes and also raise money for a charity along the way. It's totally free to play, you'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And let's tell you about SoBet also. We're brought to you by SoBet. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches, tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new Product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through the fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off vigas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody's on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with Sobet. Go to Sobet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And, of course, we'd be remiss not to mention the SGPN app is also out there. If you don't have it already, grab it. It's live in the App Store and Google Play. Gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. You can get a notification when this podcast drops in case for some strange reason, you're not already subscribed to the MMA gambling podcast feed, but you should be. Um, so grab our app, throw us an amazing review. All will be good. Moving on. All right. Um, so we hit that one, which was nice. Um, we hit the next one too. Next one went exactly as predicted Actually one little thing was a bit different, I think. Uh Caitlin Chukagian, um no longer known as the Blonde Fighter because I stole that nickname. Uh she beat Jennifer Maya, thirty, twenty seven, thirty, twenty seven, thirty, twenty seven. Um why was there no uh why was she not making noises like she usually does, Dan? What happened? Uh
0: that was weird to me. Also wasn't some it? some of it was weird. I I mean she threw it in there once in a while, but it was not as yeah. frequent. But also no. like some of it was because she was wrestling a fair amount, which is kind of crazy. Like, she, it looked like she added a new dimension to her game. You know, when we broke this down, we said Jennifer Maya's path to victory clearly through the grappling, and, it like, she was outmatched in the grappling. She couldn't win this fight anywhere, uh, seemingly. So, yeah, props to again in a number of ways. Like, she continues to be like the meanest fucking gatekeeper in just about any division, right? Like she's just – if you're not number one or number two at uh, women's flyweight, you are not getting by Caitlin Chokagian.
1: And that makes it ten wins for her, none of them via finish. That's probably why she doesn't get the amount of respect that that she
0: obviously deserves. um, Her style is also just not particularly aesthetically pleasing. Even in – like I I mean like compare – and I know this is comparing apples to oranges, but like compare her performance over three rounds and how she clearly won to somebody else who clearly won, like like Calvicator or even like Court McGee, who is just like uh, you know pounding on on Ramiz Brahimai with like takedown after takedown after takedown, where it looks really dominant, whereas like. Caitlin Chokagian's landing one-twos, but, like, I don't know. It's not like they're whipping her opponent's head back. It's mostly, like, she's she's hitting you a lot more than you're hitting her, but it, at no point in time does it even look close to a finish. So it's not even like she's just not getting finishes. She's also just not even remotely close to him.
1: No, it is true. Um, but nonetheless, the, um, an impressive victory for her. Um hey, you didn't butcher her name or did you not say it? What's her last name, Dan? Ch- Cho There you go. Remember last episode you were having a little bit of Oh hard yeah.
0: Yeah, I like stuttered uh, like seven times on it.
1: And I was saying, hey, they should go by her uh she should go by her husband's last name, but his last name is Sermonara, so maybe not. Sure. He's got a he's got a different one. C E R M I N A R A. He was an Olympic. Wrestler apparently.
0: Oh, okay. maybe that's yeah. That's probably where her wrestling's coming from.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, is she next in line for a title shot? I know it's not sexy or, or fun, and she'll get destroyed. But you can't say she hasn't earned it.
0: Yeah, i man. I probably. This is my big issue though with the the matchmaking it at women's flyweight. Right? We just got yeah. a rematch between two women in the top five of the division who had. Uh, no reason to rematch each other, right? Like, is yep. there any any reason why Chokagian wasn't fighting Talia Santos tonight, and, or last night, rather, and Jennifer Maya wasn't fighting Manol Firo. Like, there, there's no reason those two fights couldn't have happened. And, yes, then if Jennifer Maya and Caitlin Chokagian win and turn away the the prospects, then they have a claim to be where they are. And if not, if even one of those fights turns around and goes the opposite way, goes to the prospect – then suddenly we have a slew of new contenders. Instead, we're just going to, like, match them back up. You know, like, who is to say the UFC doesn't just book Caitlin Chokagian versus, like, Jessica Andrade again in their rematch for no fucking reason because that's what they're doing with the top of this division.
1: Very true, what we've long complained about. Their matchmaking in this uh, in this division, so... Who knows what's, um, what's going to happen next. Um, moving on, we got this one right too. Lightweights, Slava Claus, Vyacheslav, Bor- Boroshev. TKO punched to the body. Uh, Dakota, Harry Bush, 347 into the into the fight. Got himself in a bit of trouble. Maybe Is, is he going to be that kind of fighter, Dan, that gets himself in trouble every fight and then pulls it out uh, with a big knockout a la Fe- Fedor?
0: I didn't actually think he was in all that much trouble. He did get taken down, and, like, it, the Bush was sort of working to his back and got his back. But, like, like it wasn't like there were any chokes anywhere close or anywhere deep. Or, like, it, he was just defending it the way that somebody defends somebody being on their back. I, I didn't think he was in any real significant trouble. Um, and Dakota Bush was also a really great wrestler, so props to him on that. I said he was probably going to get him down once or twice, uh, and Slava was going to get back to his feet. Like, that's just how Slava works. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get into some bad grappling situations in the future, too. But, yeah, he, man, for a lightweight, that dude hits hard, right? Like, have you ever seen anybody's body just shut down like that at those weight classes with a body shot? Like, he had to have crushed that dude's liver.
1: No doubt. He he got rock on his feet, though, is what I was, I was speaking of. Bush oh! Had him looking yeah, like he I, was on skate for a bit there.
0: I guess that's right. That's right. Bush did hit him with – was it like an overhand right that he hit him with? Um, so, yeah, but but I don't know if he was – I guess – yeah, maybe. I'd have to go back and watch it now because I was mostly thinking of the grappling exchanges where I was like, eee, what's happening here? Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But, again – he hits hard enough that he can get himself out of any bad situation. So, also recommended play, uh, Slava Borshev uh, yep. by Ko, and you had him just straight up.
1: Yeah, Dan's one recommended play that came through. <laughs> he's he's going to jump jump ahead and, and tell you that that uh, he won that one. Uh, you you think Borshev is in the? right camp to to fix his wrestling since he's trained in Dan's favorite uh team Team Alpha Male. he you think they'd be able to fix his wrestling up there. He'd hope yeah, at least.
0: He's, he's in a good place.
1: So onward and upward for him hopefully. Um and then to start off the main card we have Bill Algio, Senior Perfecto make, making us look bad, beating Yo Anderson Bree, Bree Two. Only one announcer was saying Bree Two, I believe it was Dominic Cruz. Um I don't think this being even bothered it was 30, twenty eight twenty nine twenty eight. 29, 28, 29, 28. Where did we get wrong here, Dan?
0: I mean, first of all, I, I'm going to say you were wrong just a second ago when you said Bill Algio made us look bad because Joe Anderson Brito yeah. made us look bad. Um, Bill Algio didn't do anything good in that fight other than uh, allow Brito to consistently go back to shit that wasn't working. Um, Brito had him beat on the feet multiple times. Um, was cracking him, was in a place where he probably could have finished him on the feed if he just stayed there, and then he kept going to these weird takedowns where he'd duck his hand under his legs, and, and like, not only did Algeo stuff him, Algeo would stuff it into a way that would wind up in top control. He would use that, um, damn, what is it? It's not a switch, but it's, like, the, the over – I don't know the technical wrestling terms. I was never a wrestler. Um But when he, like – you know, grabs the back leg there and just squashes him. And basically, Joey Anderson-Pritu just let that happen, like, a hundred times despite winning that fight on the feet. If he just doesn't shoot those takedowns, he wins that fight comfortably. Um, So, like, a wild game plan choice by Joey anderson Um, You know, like, all of the physical tools are clearly there for that dude. It's just such a shame that, like, he, he his fight IQ was so bad cuz it, it was
1: awful in that fight is that a knock on him usually or was this just a ufc Jettors thing?
0: i don't i've never heard it being a knock on him before but to be fair usually i think you see that that pressure in those early takedowns work for him and it the early takedown did work for him a couple of times here and then algio got wise to it or started using that that like i said that funky wrestling style that that squashed the takedown and, you know, I, I, obviously it, it worked, so he kept doing it, and then Brito kept going to it. But, like, usually his takedowns early work. And when they work early, he usually wins, or he stops people early, or he's able to keep going back to it. So I don't know that it was already a knock on him, and I don't know if it's jitters either. It could be a problem that he has, but it's – I don't think he's ever been confronted with it. It's kind of like – for me, it's kind of like the Giga thing, where we're, we were talking like, you know, Giga got pressured. Can Giga not deal with pressure? Um, and th- I, I think the same thing with Brito here. When Brito is being countered on his wrestling and losing those exchanges, can he not stop wrestling? Or or is it just like this one time he didn't know to stop it because it had never happened to him before? So. Uh, I don't I, I don't know the answer to any of those questions other than to just say and take a step back and look at this one and be like, what were you doing in that fight? Because it was wrong.
1: Yeah, well, we're not buying stock in Joe anderson two at this point at least. Um, so that concluded the main card, uh, the main, yeah, the main portion of the card. I went four and two, Dan went three and three on those picks. All of the bonuses came from the main card. Main event, uh, Kader versus Chakazi got fight of the night, 50 Gs, and then Jake Collier with the submission, 50 grand, and then Slava Claus, 50 grand for his TKO, punched the body. Pretty easy night to, to pick bonuses because you only had two finishes, and then the main event was very clearly the best fight of the night.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it was maybe the easiest night of picking bonuses I've ever seen.
1: Yep. No, um, no argument from anyone on there because there's no other options. Um, all right, prelims. We got this one wrong, even though um, he was introduced as Ugly Man Joe. Uh, He (laughs) fought pretty ugly. Uh, Ugly Man Joe got beat by Jamie Pickett. The resurgent Jamie Pickett, two straight wins, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. We got this one wrong. Also, Dan, how could we have been so wrong with this one? Holmes did not look good at all.
0: I think he looked tired. I I don't think he's used to going that deep into fights, and I think that wound up being a huge factor here um that like he, he's finished a lot of people early he's still also pretty green in his career he's, he, he hasn't been fighting that long so uh, you know I, I don't think it's right to completely write him off and say that he's awful at this point in time like I think there's lots of growth that can still happen from him he's clearly in the right training camp he's working at Wood Glory um although he hasn't been there you know for his whole career I don't think I think he had to make that change somewhat recently um so, like, he's in the right kind of place, but, yeah, his I think some of it was cardio and some of it was, you know, like, it's probably break your will when you hit somebody with what usually knocks them out and doesn't knock them out anymore. Um, He also very clearly needs to work a little bit on his wrestling because I think he had the advantage on the ground here, and the way that he was going for those takedowns was just not very good. He had top body locks up against the cage and he was trying to just use, like, some simple foot sweep type stuff or some trip type stuff, and it wasn't working. So, you know, for him, I think going back to the drawing board on the cardio, going back to the drawing board a little bit on the wrestling, you might see a much better version of him. I'll say this. If I was buying stock in one of those two, I'd buy stock in Joseph Holmes before I bought stock in Jamie Pickett.
1: Yes, you're salty, though, Dan, aren't you? Who's Joseph Holmes?
0: He's Ugly Man Joe. Oh, (laughs) Ugly Man Joe.
1: Oh, Joseph Holmes does not exist. It's anymore. It's ugly Man Joe. And he, I guess he learned what uh, getting some of that Top Turtle podcasts pixie dust uh, sprinkled on you does to you in your next fight.
0: I mean, you can say that, but also, do you want to <laughs> do you want to remember that Calvin Cater, Brandon Vall and Caitlin Choke again have all been on the show before? <laughs> That's true,
1: but they weren't on. Well, Vall was on last week, wasn't he? That's right. He, <laughs> he was. was. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine, fine. All right, also, so, so as.
0: So as Court McGee, Brian Kelleher, and TJ Brown, who have won the next three fights, were about there to talk. There you go.
1: Court McGee made us look bad. <laughs> I wasn't totally, I wasn't as solid on on this pick as as Dan was. I was flip-flopping. I have to admit, but I I'll, I'll have to come clean and say I did pick the wrong man. Rami's Brahimaj uh, got basically skunked. Thirty twenty-seven, thirty twenty-seven, thirty twenty-seven. By Court McGee, at maybe it's time to stop overlooking Court McGee, at least against this level of competition.
0: Yeah, my goodness, did his wrestling look good. He is just a guy who, who, like, if he's better than you at wrestling, like, dude, it sucks he's better than you at wrestling because like, he's just going to keep going back to it. I, I do want to just say this absolutely perplexes me in retrospect Do you remember when he didn't shoot a takedown on Carlos Condit? Like, none. Yes, sir. (laughs) We talked about it last podcast. It's fucking wild, dude. Like, that is such an incredible thing to think about. Also incredible to think about, Sean Brady out-wrestled this man at one point in time. That'll really tell you something about Sean Brady, because Ramiz Rahimai is a very talented grappler and a pretty damn good wrestler, and to see him just get ragdolled like this for 15 minutes... Um, was crazy. It was, it was incredible.
1: Yep. We did not see this coming. Um, we did see this one coming. Brian Kelleher beat Kevin Croom 32 7, 32 7, 29 28. was game and had, it was making good use of his, um, of his reach, but Kelleher looked very good in this fight.
0: Yeah. He looked fast. Um, yep. and I was impressed by his ability to mix in the grappling too. Um, because he did it just barely enough to just keep Kevin Kroon thinking about it. Um, and he punished him when he went to the ground. So it wasn't even just like he was getting him just to get him. Like, he, he was doing work there, too. So, yeah, all, all around really impressed with Brian Kelher. Obviously, fighting a short-notice opponent. But a much longer, dangerous, durable short-notice opponent. So, you know, that win still bodes pretty well for me, for him. Um you know, I'd, I'd like to see him against somebody a little bit better than Kevin Groom, but uh, you know, that's what happens when COVID rad, rad, ravages the card for you. So, um, looking forward to seeing more Brian Killer. He's fucking super exciting to watch too.
1: Yep, uh, we only got him for minus three thirty-five. Unfortunately, when those those lines were not posted when we when we recorded, but that's where it ended up at. And then in the opener, we got this one right, too. T.J. Brown beat Charles Rosa, 29-28, Rosa, 29-28, Look, He looked very good. I was very impressed uh, by him in that in this fight. Uh, minus 280 we got him at. So not a huge win, but uh, at least we started off on the right foot.
0: Yeah, and he's a guy a lot of people have written had written off to because he lost his first two fights in the UFC. And then his third one against Kai Kamaka looked good, but some people didn't score that fight for him. He, he won it by split. So to see him look this good in this fight was a huge step in the right direction. Um, of course, right before the Kai Kamaka fight is when he he started training full time at Glory MMA. Um, so like he he very clearly is getting much better working with James James too. Um, so yeah, I, I was impressed. Also, he was on top trade. Do you want to do you want to mention that too? Um, he
1: he was on top trade Yes. Yeah. Apparently he was on top trade
0: very recently, so uh, apparently it's it's not all bad luck. Um, but yeah, he he looked really good in there. Lots of growth. Again, kind of shitty to not get to see him against his original opponent. Like I, I, not that Charles Rosa isn't good, but Charles Rosa is not Gabriel Benitez. Um, so I would have been no. interested to see what he would have done against Gabriel Benitez. The the takedown game and the top control he had in that that fight against Charles Rosa, who is already a good grappler, does give me hope that he could have beaten Gabriel Benitez. But, again, just, you know, these late replacement fights, I, I'm glad TJ Brown and Brown, Brian Kelleher came out on top and we, we made the right picks on those. But at the same time, like, it's just kind of like a huge fucking buzzkill that we did not get to see the actual fights we came for. Because I, I think they would have been both better fights and sort of more telling for where TJ Brown and Brian Kelleher are in their respective divisions.
1: Yep. Very true. Uh, Charles Rosa finally, after that was his 12th UFC fake, he finally stopped his loss, win, loss, win pattern. He's lost two straight. Um, But I think the main thing we learned last night is we, we shouldn't bet against these patterns, Dan, because they lived up. Um, lived up to to the hype, uh, so to speak. Jennifer Maya, she's got a win, loss, win, loss now. So she kept hers alive. Jake Collier kept his alive. That's 10 fights in a row that he's swapped wins and losses back and forth. Um, Chase Sherman's
0: keeping that streak of just consistently losing going. His, yes, is, yes, exactly. his is going loss, loss, yes. loss, one win, loss, loss, loss. <laughs> Al-
1: Al-Gio, Algio with the win, he's made it six straight. that you swapped back and forth. It's very... This phenomenon is very strange. Brahma, his is up to seven now. Um, (laughs)
0: We're going to have to keep an eye out on this next event, huh? And and then
1: (laughs) Kelleher, actually, he he only had a little four fight one, but he he broke it last night. He's done back to back wins. But it is very strange how this pattern comes up so often in fighters. I guess it's, I guess, as as we've said in the past, um, positive. Posited that it's probably just step up a competition lose, step down a competition win, step up a competition lose. It's, uh, I guess that's the way the sport works. And that is something to keep in mind when you're when you're picking fights. I guess I know it's not the sexiest of uh, <laughs> analysis, but it seems to come through more often than not.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, I I would argue that it's not analysis, but <laughs> no, it's not. It, but but
1: it, you can win money if you follow it. So um, we didn't win money last night, though. I went six and four, as I said, and Dan went five and five on um, on just our straight up hundred dollar bets on every fight, which is what a true degenerate does. Go into our recommended plays. Um, Dan went one and two, lost. 34 bucks so uh i think you're you're safe because we're only betting 100 overall on that so you, you didn't totally kill yourself you lost 40 on brahma winning outright you won a 30 bet plus 120 on slava via via knockout uh or TKL. So you won 136 bucks on that one which is nice then you have brie Two uh straight up winning for 30 bucks you lost that um Unfortunately, he made it to the fight because he had Chu and as as the backup. If if that if his fight had fallen fallen through and did not, so um, I went two and one though and won thirty six eighty eight. Hooray for me! Uh, forty bucks on Borishev winning outright. Uh, I won that. I lost um, twenty dollars on under one and a half rounds for Roy Ball, um The Roybal uh, Bonteri fight. So That one went the distance. And then the, I think the easiest money of the night was forty bucks on. Chukagian decision at minus 110. So uh, that was a, a pretty easy play there.
0: Yeah, the easiest of play.
1: <laughs> the easiest of play. So Eddie, uh, that puts the first UFC of the year um, in the books. I'm at my 60% hit rate for picking every fight as I was last year. And Dan is worse as he was last year. Um, the Octagon's actually on the move for a change. It's uh, this weekend coming up. Saturday, it is going to the Honda Center in Anaheim, California for UFC 270. We got a double title fight uh, card here, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gane. I guess technically they're both champions and they're going to put those belts together here for the heavyweight title. Then Brandon Moreno will be fighting Vison Figueiredo for the third time um, for the title fight. Uh, we lost a bunch of fights though here, haven't we? Because it looks like... We have four main card fights listed right now. We... Did we lose – we lost up and off the main card?
0: So so there's there's a, a weird thing going on. So originally Greg Hardy was supposed to have fought Alexio Olenek on the main card. Alexio oh, Olenek-, right, yes. Alexi Olenek pulled out of that fight uh, and was replaced by Sergei Spivak, who agreed to step in and fight Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy then posted something on social media where he had ripped his finger open uh, and dislocated it simultaneously. It was pretty gnarly looking. Um, so then he pulled out of that fight. And from last, I understood they were trying to find a replacement for the replacement Sergei Spivak to fight. Um, whether or not you can find two heavyweights to fight on short notice that happen to be close to California, kind of up for grabs. But I will also just say, more than likely, what's going to happen is they'll just bump one of these fights to the main card, because it's kind of already a deep card anyway, Um you know, right now, according to the UFC, there are only seven fights booked on the prelims, but there's actually two others that have been agreed to and signed to. So if you're looking at the UFC's official site, it does not have Leah Tapuria versus Charles Jourdain, which is going to happen next weekend as well. And Jack Della Madalena um, got a replacement fighter. Pete Rodriguez, a newbie to the UFC, has signed and is going to fight him on short notice as well. So... Um, there's technically 9 prelims right now with only 4 main card fights so I kind of imagine they're going to go 8 and 5 and just uh, bump one of those up if they can't find a replacement for Sergey spitback.
1: Yes, and hopefully everything else stays um the way it is. We don't have a whole bunch of fights uh, falling off on this card. Um this talk Invicta also went down this past week this past Wednesday. It was happening as we were recording the last podcast uh, a lot of fights fell through there too we originally had well we ended up with six fights uh, but they weren't the six fights that, that we broke down for you um two of Dan's uh fights that he picked on uh most fights got canceled or, or a fighter got replaced in those fights uh so Dan ended up going uh, very impressive uh three and one only made I told you I,
0: I told you I get one wrong every time <laughs> there you go three and one he, he only made
1: 1430 but he went three and one he had Jessica Dalboni winning the uh, title from Alicia Zapatella, how was that fight? I didn't watch any it I of these. She
0: slaughtered her. It was one of the easiest uh, decisions I've ever seen. Alicia Zapatella looked like she didn't belong in there. And to be fair, I thought she slaughtered her the first time. I think I had it 49-46 watching it in, in real time. I think I gave Zapatella one round, and somehow two judges gave her the fight. Um, and this time Delboni made sure that no – judge could possibly even see one round for Zapatella um she went out there and just absolutely steamrolled her Delphoni is really impressive um I you know Zapatella was talking about moving up to 115 which is a crazy move when you're you're 4 foot 11 um because I just don't think she'd be able to get very far with that and Delponi also just pointed out like also with your reach being as bad as it is there's no reason to go up that high because you can't even handle Adam weight reach um Delboni it'd be interesting to see if the UFC thinks she's marketable enough to to try an atomweight division. I know I've been pushing for it for some time, but she is really exciting to watch fight. She's really aggressive. It'd be another Brazilian champ for them because I think that that's um well, well not a market that they they are as heavy in anymore. It's one that they could use a couple more champs in. Um so yeah, like she she looked the real deal. So
1: Dan got minus 135 for that. Uh next fight that yeah. Which actually, by the uh, way, bashed.
0: which by the way ballooned up to like negative 325 by fight time. If you tried to Really? Bet that as the fight was happening. Yeah, she opened as a as a plus money underdog. Uh I think she wasn't the champ. And then immediately like people were like juice that line all the way the other way till she was like a negative 325 favorite.
1: Crazy. Uh Dan had Haley Cowan being Monica Franco, uh, she won via submission. Dan hit that one, minus 260. Anything to say about that fight?
0: Haley Cowens the real deal. She gr- yep. looked like a grinder in there and very exciting one.
1: Yeah, and we could use an exciting fighter at Bannerweight, which is good. Um, flyweight, uh, did that? Did this fight come through? Yes. Uh, Helen Peralta beat Elise Apone. 30-25, 30-25, 30-26. So it was, was this as one-sided as it started?
0: It, 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 it was, yeah, and and for all the reasons that I broke down on the pre-fight show, too. Like, Helen Peralta sits down on her punches, and when she hits you, you know she fucking hits you. Whereas when uh, least Pone hits you, she kind of, like, backs away and throws, like, little teeps and doesn't commit to anything. And, man, did it show, because she just got peppered for pretty much 15 minutes straight.
1: And then uh, the opener that Dan was so certain on... Is the fight he got wrong um, yeah
0: it always works that way doesn't
1: it <laughs> chucky sarah clicks uh beat maria favela who favela missed weight um chucky beat her via split decision was that the right call
0: um i think so it, it's not it's not what i wanted but at the same time like yeah i think it was probably the right call um i i will admit that i may mean, he wasn't watching it with as close of eyes as I should have uh, in order to, to weigh in on an opinion on where the, the results fell. But like, yeah, I don't I don't think they botched it. I think it could have gone either way and they probably gave it to the right person.
1: So, you go. Um, as per usual, Dan comes when it's not the UFC, Dan comes through
0: every time, every time
1: uh he gets one wrong but other than that as long as you don't bet the farm on that one fight that he gets wrong every time then then you're you're good to go and that's why he's the legend on the SGP and Slack channel everyone loves Gumby and and on Twitter they love him at Gumby Vreeland they don't love me as much they love me a bit at Jeff Fox writer but but not as much you should follow both of us there though um anything else we should cover Dan before we wrap things up
0: no I'm I'm afraid to do what we Usually do, or we like tease what we're going to talk about on uh, Wednesday as far as fights go. Because I figured by then none of these fights will exist. <laughs> yeah, we actually kind of we kind of talked
1: about the fights. Uh, I, we mentioned a few of them, so hopefully we didn't jinx the ones we mentioned, um, and hopefully Dan's
0: not interviewing any of those people this week. Um, let's see. I've already have I interviewed some of them already. I interviewed Vanessa Demopoulos, who's fighting on the card. Jasmine Chazutavicius, I've interviewed this week. Matt Fravola is going to be on. This week's show along with – oh, I already – my episode with Cody Stamen already came out. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of ones that I could have possibly jinxed and could get in car wrecks.
1: In Gano, you used to have on all the time too, right, before you became yeah. big time?
0: Yeah, then you started big time, and me, me me and Francis did a couple of – I've had Brandon Marino on. Um, no, I interviewed him for a non-recorded one and did a written article one time because he was not yet comfortable enough with his English, I think. Um, but that was way, uh, yeah. way long ago. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of dudes on this, this, uh, that I've interviewed before.
1: Before he was a big movie star right now.
0: He's the star of jackass. Yeah. He's the star. Of, I don't know if he's the star of jackass. <laughs> he, he's sure going he to be on it. He's going to be on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, all right. It's, Put this one to bed. Make sure you, you follow us on our Twitter handles that I mentioned before, and the SGP and Slack. You can always hit us up in the fight channel. There, uh, sl- the Slack is lots of fun, so definitely get in on that. Read our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. dot um, Oh yeah, it's a long weekend for you Americans. So, I think Dan's going to be doing an NBA MLK DFS article for tomorrow. Is that still the plan?
0: That's still the plan. You guys should see right, that awesome. sometime. In- I'll I probably have it ready tonight if if my editor is ready for it.
1: Wow, we'll see if I'm ready for it. i <laughs> like they will be. So yeah, check out all our stuff over on sportsgamemagpodcast. dot com. Dan doesn't just know about MMA; he knows about a bunch of other sports too. Um, you could argue he doesn't know about MMA, but anyhow, um, and you can read our <laughs> stuff at mma dash manifesto. dot com. I think that's all I need to tell you. Dan, take us home.
0: I'm Daniel gimby and he is the Blonde Fighter, Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday.